Stop. Commercial time. Hey, friends. So do y'all remember how we decided together that 2022 would be our year? Our year to be selfish? The year that we start finally taking the steps necessary to get our financial lives together. Y'all remember that? Well, I decided to get my financial life together by opening up my first investment account and investing in the stock market. Now, all I have to do is actually learn how to invest. (laughs) And I hope you'll join me. My good friend and season one guest, top 100 financial advisor and founder of Building Bread, Kevin Matthews has put together an easy to understand, easy to follow set of resources for newbie investors just like us called the Investor's Toolkit. The Investor's Toolkit is a seven module course designed to guide us step by step through our stock market investing journey. We need this, friends. Well, if you're ready to stop talking about it and be about it, click the link in my show notes to access the Building Bread Investor's Toolkit. And if you use the link in the notes, you'll also get a special sugar-free discount. Y'all know I'm going to take care of you, friends, right? Good. Now back to the show. She said to me, Isabel, you do know you don't have to have kids, right? That was the first time I understood that having children was a choice. I didn't know. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar free. Come through, stop by, get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. Wanna be. Let's get it sugar free. Yeah. Now tell me, girl, me girl, how you like your tea. How you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Yeah. Hey, friends. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. And good afternoon and good evening to you too, depending on what time you're tuning in. But do y'all remember that song? Y'all remember that? Our day is beginning, there's so much to do. Ooh, I remember that song. (laughs) Remember, Remember we used to sing that song in the mornings growing up? Mm. It makes me think of kindergarten and crayons, the fat ones, and pencils, the fat ones, and the paper with the lines on it, and not just like notebook paper lines, right, but with the, the dotted lines on it so you could make sure all your letters were exactly the same size. That's the kind of nostalgia I'm talking about, friends. Ooh, it feels good to start the week off with a little bit of a throwback, don't it? Yes, let's get us all in the right frame of mind and the right mood to get into this week's episode. So this week's episode is a tad on the heavy side. You know, sometimes we like to delve into some things that are a little bit more difficult to talk about because we need help with those things too, friends. And now, you know that I believe laughter is the best medicine for anything. So we still definitely gonna get some key keys in, okay? But for many women... And really many people, the decision on whether or not to have children can be a pretty big decision to make. And that's what we're covering this week for season two, episode eight, Wrench Auntie Vibes, how to make a life without children. Now, I say this decision is especially difficult for women because as women, our childbearing window is so much smaller than a man's window right? You might decide at age 35 that you don't want to have children and then wake up at 40 in a panic, cold sweat because you've changed your mind. And now you've decided you're ready to have a baby. But at that point, it may be too late to birth your own child, right? So for myself, I know for sure I don't want to have a baby right now today. Okay, I'm good. I'm struggling just to get myself and the dog together every day. This all we can handle. But at 32 years old, 
I ain't getting no younger. And I really only have three more good years before I am going to be placed in what is considered the geriatric demographic for childbearing purposes. Yes, friends, 35 is considered geriatric for women intending to bear children, which is absolutely nuts, okay? Because at 35, I plan to be fine and sexy as ever. Geriatric who? and where okay and so for me because i know i don't have the intention of having a child anytime soon and probably not before i hit geriatric status i've decided to freeze my eggs to preserve my rights and abilities to have kids for just a little bit longer and so i'm just so grateful that i have an insurance plan now because that wasn't always the case that covers fertility treatments so fyi psa check your insurance plans right now to check to see if it covers fertility treatments and if it doesn't make sure that you get you some insurance that does just in case because listen life is crazy and you never know but anywho what is right for you I don't know. Do we want to have children? Do we not want to have children? For many of us, this will be the most important question that we have to answer in our lives. Why? Because as today's guest describes, it is one of the few decisions that we cannot take back. We can't take it back, friends. Once you have a child, it's here. You can't take it back. And once you've decided not to have a child, depending on how old you are, that may be a difficult or impossible decision to reverse. Now, of course, you can always adopt a child, but if you wanna bear your own, this decision is super real. (laughs) And it's a decision and a choice that I've thought about more since I've hit my 30s than I ever even really cared about in my 20s. And so today we are exploring the topic of the unapologetic choice not to have children. There are a growing number of women out there who have decided that having a child is not now, nor will it ever be a part of their life plans. And instead of children, they are filling their days with really whatever they want. (laughs) But in my mind, right, these women have filled their days and their lives with lots of travel to fabulous places with the company of beautiful men and some fabulous friends as well, some amazing outfits, and of course the most delicious food, and they just don't ever gain a pound, right? These women, these fabulous women, they just stay fabulous, and they have all the time in the world to eat delicious food, and of course they're filling their days with the love of family and children who just aren't their own, right? I, and really all of us, lovingly call these women rich aunties. And we call their lifestyles rich auntie vibes because, okay, friends, these women are an entire vibe because they have reached a stage in their lives where they have finally hit that sweet spot in life, right? You know that spot where your bank account and your free time have finally started to align because, you know, in your 20s, you got the free time, but you ain't got no money. And in your early 30s, you got the money, but you ain't got no time, right? So their life has finally hit that sweet spot where both their bank accounts and their free time has aligned to form the perfect vibe. And that vibe is rich auntie. (laughs) Yeah, so to discuss this topic today, I've invited to the tea party a fabulous rich auntie who is not only embracing her choice to not have children, but is also helping other women to embrace their choices to do the same. So, friends, look, get your hands together and please welcome to the Tea Party, the co-host of the Child Free Girls podcast, host of the Honest Uproar podcast, and founder of the Uprising Spark and Nunca Mandres. See, yo hablo español también. Ah, y'all ain't know. (laughs) Y'all ain't know. (laughs) So, please welcome the fiercest rich auntie and our best friends in our head, Miss Isabel Firecracker. Isabel. Welcome to the tea party. Please tell the good people who you are and what you do. So I'm Isabel and I was born in Colombia and I have called five countries home in my 30 something years so far. So I'm I'm a bit a bit of a globetrotter. I love traveling. It's one of my passions. And what it is that I do is I actually 
you know, I, I was in corporate for a very long time, and that's a really boring story. Um, <laughs> what I do now is I created um, the Uprising Spark, which is sort of like a platform that I use to communicate with women like myself who identify ourselves as child-free. So basically, we have decided consciously not to have children or not to raise children in general. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what I do in a nutshell, basically. And I'm a coach. I'm a life coach. I was actually um, trained as one. And I also work with women like myself who are having feelings of maybe guilt or anger or shame around our choice because that happens. Uh, so I work with these women to just sort of... Um, just walk with them through all these feelings, like work through them together so they can live unapolog- unapologetically. Unapo- I love that word, but I can't never say it. <laughs> unapologetically child-free. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I love that. I love that you travel because I feel like that is the epitome of rich auntie vibes. And that okay. is the title of the episode today. Rich auntie vibes making a life without children. And so I read an article recently that kind of described the woman who decides to be child-free. And I I was like, is this a generalization? Because every single woman who decides that they want to be child-free, you know, has different ambitions or different goals. But one of the characteristics that they described of women who decide to be child-free is a woman who loves to travel. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's some truth to this article. (laughs) So we are so incredibly excited to have you here and to talk about this topic, because as a woman, I feel like when you get to a certain age, usually about mid to late 20s, you always get those questions, right? You people start asking you, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to get married? And of course, when are you going to have kids? And as a woman, we have, I think, collectively, the womanhood have decided that's an inappropriate question, right? <laughs> really inappropriate. Like people keep asking it. So, right. yeah. <laughs> On so many levels, because some women have difficulty having kids or are infertile. And some people, whether that's the case or not, it's okay to just not want to have kids. And studies are showing that more and more women are deciding to go without children. And so before we get into a little bit more about your story, I always like to level set. And so we have to give the background, the facts, statistics, the definitions. So new CDC data has found that the U.S. birth rate fell by 4% in 2020. So it's down from 3.7 million to 3.6 million from 2019 to 2020. So that's 4%. And then this is the sixth consecutive year that the number of births has declined after an increase in 2014 down an average of 2% per year and the lowest number of births since 1979. And so from 2019 to 2020, the provisional number of births declined 3% for Hispanic women, 4% for both white and black women and Asian percent for Asian women. So by and large, droves of women are deciding to live their lives child-free. And so I'm so excited to get into your journey and your story and figure out if this is a life we all need to be considering. Oh, totally. (laughs) I mean, yes. I mean, just, I mean, I I don't say that lightly because I think people are like, oh, you're trying to just, you know, get us all to not have babies. And that's really not the point at all. For me, the most important thing, honestly, is for people to know that they have a choice. Mm. And so because you understand that you have a choice, that motherhood is a choice, then you can then think about if you really want to do it or not, because being a, a parent is one of, I think, one of the very, very few, if not the only decision that you cannot just take back. It's not something that you can just undo magically, you know, Um, stays with you forever. So the most important thing is to have that awareness that you can actually choose. Mm -hmm. And then whatever you choose, it's because it's the best thing for your life that is going to make you happy, is the one thing that you want to achieve in, in life. And that's perfect whatever the decision is. But the thing is, and I, I, you know, I think I read something, I don't know if it's the same article, but I did read something about birth birth rates declining. And I'm not surprised at all because I think there's a lot more information now. There's a lot more 
openness about the subject and not only about the subject of what it is to be a woman living a fulfilling life without children, which is totally possible. But also there's a lot of parents coming out of the woods saying, I hate being a dad. I hate being a mom. I regret having children. And this is just happening now. This is very, very recent that parents have been coming, you know, forward with this information. Most of them do it anonymously because of the shame, (laughs) of course. And because they, they, I mean, I, I I get, I get, I just understand they would also fear the backlash, you know, um, Well, I mean, you would hate if your child, like I couldn't imagine if I saw some, you know, Instagram video, if we had Instagram, let's say in 1995 of my mom saying, I hate being a mom. Like, really, mom? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it's also to protect the children. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I hope so, too. But, you know, I was having this conversation with someone just yesterday and they said to me, you know what? I don't I mean, there's a difference between your parents saying I don't love you. than saying I realize that they that I really didn't want to be a parent after I had you you know like I love you and you're my kid and I would do anything for you but I realized too late that it was maybe not the path for me there's a there's a a big difference I'm not saying that it wouldn't impact somebody psychologically or emotionally (laughs) (laughs) if my mom comes up to me and she's like I wish I hadn't had you I love you but I wish I hadn't you know mom like I'll be like crying for days right for sure we go need some for sure (laughs) for sure but yeah so so yeah I don't I'm not surprised because there is a lot more information there's a lot of more people being very open about the subject of not only non-motherhood but also the subject of motherhood and and also there are a lot of mothers in especially on TikTok there's a lot of parents (laughs) showing the real life of what it is to be a parent now and that's also very like it's a very sort of new phenomenon, I would say. It hadn't it hasn't been happening since what TikTok is maybe pop, I mean popularly its popularity spiked what like two years ago or three years ago? Maybe. I or less. Yeah, not I'm long. not sure. It hasn't been, yeah, it hasn't been too long. And and so be, because before we're just so accustomed, all of us, we've been every single day of our lives since we were born, we've seen this image of parenthood that is just so romanticized mm-hmm. and this image of, of pregnancy that is so romanticized and everything has to do with a baby and a child and whatnot. And it's been shown to us in every single possible way, all media, when you read a book, when you read, you know, people talking about it, not really being open and, and honest about how hard it is sometimes yeah. or most of the time, you never know. Yeah. And so parents are all yeah, and the, exactly, especially for women. <laughs> and then parents coming up on TikTok and saying, you know, this is my kid and I love him, but I'm like, I'm like this close to just kind of like <laughs> keep the child away because this is real life. This is what parenthood is. And I wish somebody had told me this before, but now they're coming out and saying this is real. Like this, this is something you need to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, and especially for women who traditionally the caregiving role has fallen mostly upon, there's a lot of sacrifices that women have to make generally to have kids. Not to say that men, you know, aren't involved, even in a situation where a woman may be married, but I don't, I don't know why, but it just seems as though, and I'm not married, nor do I have children, so I can't say for sure, but just in observing, it seems as though no matter whether the woman is single, married, in a relationship, whatever her status is, a majority of the caretaking and caregiving responsibilities tend to fall upon her. And so that may mean less opportunities to progress at work. (laughs) because you can't stay late or maybe you can't go to the happy hour because you have to pick up the kids or you have to do this and that. I will never forget. I was supposed to go to lunch with a friend and she's an attorney as well. And I, she had just had a baby and it was like the first time I had seen her in months and she was married and I came over and she was looking disheveled like, (laughs) (laughs) like girl I'm struggling right and I'm like okay what what can I do can I do and she was like girl I have not taken a shower by myself or gone to the bathroom by myself in like three days she's like can you just watch the baby for me and I was like yeah of course I'll watch the baby for you take your time and so I'm sitting down playing with the baby maybe 10 minutes later her husband comes out of the back after having working from home, like, oh, where is everyone? And I'm thinking to myself, 
you have not showered or pooped by yourself and your husband in the house? Like, what is that about? <laughs> like, I'm thinking she's here by himself and he's gone off to work. Never yeah. in my mind am I thinking that this man is working from home and you are still, you know, looking disheveled. And, and granted, I get that when you're working from home, you're still working. And we have learned that more than anything in the pandemic. But you can take a two minute break to relieve your wife so she can go poop in silence. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And so I just find that even of uh, like high powered women, the responsibilities tend to fall on them and it just can sometimes be to their detriment. So I totally understand that women are now reclaiming their power and deciding to choose something else. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I find very heartbreaking, I think would be the, the right word to describe it. It's women who are mothers and they're married or in a relationship, committed relationship with the, with the child's father. And they're like, oh, he's so good. He helps me around at home with the baby. What do you mean he helps you around at home? With the baby? <laughs> he's also the dad. Like what? He's not the help. He's the dad. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm babysitting. Like, how you babysit your own kids? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's who babies. That's. <laughs> I don't like to me, that's just like, I don't understand. And, and well, I mean, I don't understand how it still happens because, you know, 21st century, you know, women empowerment, more information, men who are feminists, uh, which I absolutely love. But also, I also understand that, you know, the conditioning in society has been relentless for hundreds of years. We're talking about like hundreds, literally hundreds of years that we've been conditioned to, um, you know, to that belief that women are the are the one and only caretakers. We are the no, the ones. Your mothers are the ones who know best. Mom knows best. So whatever question you have, ask mom. Yeah, you know, you need to feed yourself. Ask mom to help you feed yourself. You know, you I don't know whatever. There's just so many, so many things that. We've, we've come to understand and believe that they rely on mom and mom alone. Yeah. So even if the child has a dad a, who's at home, uh, maybe even older siblings or whatever, it, it's always, it always comes down to mom. Yeah. And it was used, that conditioning was historically has been used to keep women in their place. <laughs> yeah. So you tend to the domestic you tend to the children, you tend to the home, and you don't have time or you have a lot less time to actually go out and and uh, work, to build a career, to create amazing things because all women are able to create amazing, yes. amazing all of us. And so, you know, it's been the, the patriarchy just kind of like, no, but you you're a mom. You're you're the one who should be with the kids because you know best. Because you're the best caretaker. You're the best nurturer. You're the best. You know. You're all motherly. And in the end, that hasn't helped women um, evolve and advance in society as fast as we would hope it, it happened after we finally gained the right to vote, which was only hundred years ago, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people yeah. still think like that and it's unfortunate but I, I mean I do understand where it comes from and well things are changing so hopefully there's a lot more people out there who know that this child's I mean the, the responsibility of, of raising a child does not only fall on the mother yeah yeah well I also know some women who kind of revel in that like that domestic goddess life and they love that they're the go-to person for the kids and the family and the husband and you know being superwoman but that doesn't have to be your story right like you can have a different choice and so speaking of your story I want to hear about your child free story so in my research because you know I like to research in my research about child free I saw a lot of language distinguishing child free from childless so yeah. what is the difference between child free and childless and why is that distinction important so Child-free is uh, someone who has consciously decided not to parent, whether it's biological child, an adopted child, foster child, you name it. 
It is a conscious choice and it's voluntary. A person who is childless is either someone who wants to have children and hasn't yet had them. So, for example, a woman in her early 20s who thinks maybe I'll be mom in 10 years. I would love that she's childless because she's without a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also we call childless people who are want to become parents and who cannot because they have fertility issues or any other medical issue that doesn't allow them <clears throat> to become biological parents. The distinction is very important because, um, and and there's a lot of debate as well within our community regarding the the child-free term, because people say, oh, child-free, it sounds like sugar-free and smoke-free and everything that's bad, right? (laughs) Sugar-free. Sounds like like, you want to take out everything that's bad, just put a free after it. And so child-free, it just sounds really bad, right? It sounds like like children are horrible. Mm. And it's, it's it's not about, I mean, you cannot compare, you know, talking about something that's sugar-free or smoke-free and say, oh, child-free is, is the same because the, the, the suffix free after the word doesn't always, it doesn't always denote free of because it's a bad, it's a bad thing and it's harmful. It also denotes free from responsibility of. Mm. Mm. So being child-free is that you're free from the responsibility of, not, of parenting because you, you have decided not to, right? You have decided not to be a parent. Yeah. Childless denotes that there's a lack of something. There's a lack of a child. Mm. There is a desire to have one. So it is very important to make a distinction. Uh, like I said, there's still a lot of debate in our community around being, you know, the, the term child-free per se, because we've been for a very long time trying to find a term that doesn't still include the the free as in as in a lack of something but in this case it's it's a lack of just not being present or even you know an idea that floats around our minds and it's been just really really hard because the only thing that separates child-free people from people who are not child-free is the fact that we don't want to be parents Mm -hmm. in everything else in every other regard i mean we're the same we also have you know family I mean, as in parents and and siblings and cousins or friends, we're not necessarily richer than people who have children. We're not necessarily um, have more time. We don't necessarily have more energy. You know, there's there isn't a lot that's that's the only thing that separates us from the from the rest of the of, the, of society. <laughs> and, and even though we, I mean, people are like, oh, but you don't have children, you must be rich. Not necessarily, but maybe we do have more disposable income, which is a whole different thing. It doesn't mean that I'm richer. It just means that I can spend more of my income in things that are not, you know, related to a child because I don't have one. Right. Right. I, lo- I love that that distinction and how you mentioned free denoting free from children. It, it makes it sound like just freedom and like the freedom to choose the life that you want to live. And so it makes it sound more light, more, you know, like more fun. Cause that's, that's the vibe that I get from rich auntie vibes. Like I said, I just imagine this fabulous woman who is looks fabulous and is traveling all the time and you know is dating gorgeous men and just living a fabulous life like just the rich auntie and so um I know that lifestyle isn't for everyone but when did you realize like and how old were you if you don't mind sharing when you knew that you didn't want to be a mother I was old (laughs) <laughs> I was 33. So for those of you who are listening or watching us, you know, there isn't like a, a perfect time to decide not to have children, you know, not or to embrace a childhood lifestyle. You know, yeah. uh, I always thought I was going to be a mom. I always thought I was going to get married and I was going to have two children and I was going to have the, the house with the picket fence and the dogs and the SUVs. And I, I always thought that was going to be my life. And so what happened was, you know, I'm, I'm like I mentioned at the beginning, I'm Colombian. So I come from a Latino culture, a Latino family that has very um, traditional roots. And being a parent is something that you just don't question. Yeah. Everyone is a parent <laughs> in Latin American <laughs> countries. Everyone is a parent. Yeah. So so I was um, I was in a relationship with someone and we had actually spoken about getting married and then thinking about the children and whatnot. And we broke up. 
And so I was, I was going to therapy. I've been going to therapy my whole life. Um, and I was talking to my therapist and I was, I was just like, I can't be like, we just broke up and now I have to go back and do the whole thing again, go out, meet people, find a good guy, start a relationship, you know, and then get married and then kids. Oh, and I was like, I'm just going to be too old for kids. And I was just, but I think she saw in my face how much I dreaded that. I think she saw it. She just looked at me and she was like, she's not having, like, she's not having fun thinking about this. Yeah. And so she said to me, Isabel, I was 33 at the time. She said to me, Isabel, you do know you don't have to have kids, right? Mm. And that was the first time I understood that having children was a choice. I didn't know. And I was 33. And I was like, what? I don't, what, what do you mean? I don't have to have kids. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Everyone has kids. What do you mean? <laughs> and it was like, yeah. it was like a switch just went off in my mind. It was, my decision was instant. It was like, I don't have to do this. Whew, I'm so relieved. That's how I felt. Relief. I was like, oh my God. And, and it was like, I was waiting for somebody in a way to give me permission to ask myself the question. And the thing is, you don't need permission from anyone. Yeah. I didn't know it was a choice. And, and the, the amount of times I cannot even tell you that I hear people say, I didn't know it was a choice who are parents nowadays. Wow. It breaks my heart. It doesn't mean that they don't love their children. It doesn't mean that they're not enjoying parenthood, but they didn't know it was a choice. They, they always thought this is what everyone does. You know, you just, you go to school, you start working, find a guy, get married, have a child. That's what we've been told. And then children grow up, you retire, and then you die. That's your life. Yeah. Right. And I didn't want that life. I didn't want it. And I didn't know I didn't want it until somebody asked me if I knew that I had a choice. Mm, that is so crazy because I feel like there are probably so many women out there who yes. share your story in just not feeling like they had a choice. I feel like for myself, I don't, I won't say that I haven't felt like I didn't have a choice, but it's definitely part of the conditioning of this is what life is and this is what life is supposed to be. And we just don't question it. <laughs> like we just go along with it and you're supposed to have the, the, the kids and the, the husband and the white picket fence. Yeah. And I feel like, so I'm, going to be 32 in a couple of weeks. And so I feel like I am in a similar place of trying to figure out what really do I want my life to look like and not what I thought my life should look like or what I feel like I've been told my life should look like. And I feel like I've lived and we talk about this on the show all the time, like how I am kind of deconstructing the shouldas the, yeah. the, you know, like what I should and what this perfect image is and just really getting down to what I think the most happy and fulfilling life will look like. And so I have gone back and forth in my mind a lot about whether or not I want to have kids. And part of the, the strain of having kids is the relationship part, right? Like as you get the, the finding the man part to me has been like a super stressful because as, as you get older as a woman, you know, every time I go to my gynecologist, she's like, we having a baby this year? Girl, no, no, there's no man. Where, where are we having a baby? Like, no baby. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, there's this pressure as you get older that you, you have to have a baby biologically because your window is closing. But yeah. what if the man of your dreams that you're meant to have a baby with isn't around? He hasn't shown up yet. I don't know where he's at. And so that has kind of been part of my challenge and deciding whether or not I want to have kids. Like, I can't have a baby by myself because trust me, I asked. We had a conversation about me and my gynecologist about freezing eggs. And she was like, yeah, you know, if you fertilize it, then it's an embryo. And then that has a higher likelihood of success. And I was like, oh, y'all fertilize the eggs too. I was like, that's a wonderful service. And she just looked at me like, girl, <laughs> 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 we don't fertilize the eggs for you. But that, like I said, has been 
um, you know, a big factor in deciding whether or not I want to have kids is like, what, what about this partner that I would hope to have kids with? And that puts a lot of pressure on your romantic relationships when you're like trying to like, okay, so what are we doing? We doing this or not? And so it, it makes it difficult. I think as you get older for relationships to kind of evolve and take their course naturally, because I mean, nobody wants to waste time, but when you're a woman, it comes to a point biologically, I cannot waste time. Like, like, like if kids is something that you want. And so I just kind of wavered a lot in my late twenties and thirties about whether or not this is for me, because I can't let these men stress me out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I mean, I, I totally understand what you mean. And you know, the one thing that it's interesting, you know, the, 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 the checking the boxes that you just mentioned, the, the, you have to find yourself the husband, right? The, the right guy, or, you know, you name it, the partner for life. And that's something that we've also been conditioned to, right? We're, we are not taught. And I think this is something that would be very, very valuable for little girls all over the world is to be, to know, or to, to learn how to love themselves so much that having a partner is just like the cherry on top. And it's, some, it's not something that would come, you know, be something that has to be part of their life. If they find a partner, that's awesome. But it doesn't mean that they cannot live a fucking amazing life without having a partner, right? Right. So the one thing that I always tell people is that the child conversation usually has to happen very early in, in the relationship. Because say you really want to have children and then you find this person and you love this person, you fall in love. And then this person really doesn't want to have children and you don't talk about it. And then, you know, things get really serious. Somebody's engaged now and then they get married and then they're like, okay, when are we going to have kids? And the other person's like, uh, what? I don't want to have kids. And that has broken up a lot of marriages because there isn't, such a thing as compromise when it comes to children. You can't have half a child. You either have one or you don't have one, right? You And you cannot replace a child with a replace, uh, uh, air quotes here, because, right. you know, but say, oh, no, you know, let's just have a dog. It's not the same thing, right? People say that child-free people or some child-free people who, who have pets, I have three dogs. Uh, they say, I have a dog oh. too. <laughs> See, we're dog people. I love dog people. So, um, so they are like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, you have dogs because you're compensating for the fact that you didn't have children. No, I'm not compensating anything. It's a whole, it's a completely different thing. The responsibility of having a child will never, ever be the same as the responsibility of having a pet, even though it is a responsibility. Having a pet is a big one. So having a child, I don't even want to imagine. So that's a very, <laughs> that's a conversation that I tell people. You need to have this early on, even if you're not sure, even if you're like, I still haven't decided. This is something that you need to tell your partner, right? Because especially at our age, I mean, in my thirties, I'm late thirties, but you know, this is the age where we're sort of like meeting people and going out and finding, uh, you know, being in relationships and whatnot, because now is the time in which uh, people are usually looking for a long-term relationship, looking for the person to spend the rest of their their lives with. you know, it's usually in, the, in our thirties where, where people start to settle down. Also, air quotes because I hate that expression, but that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I tell them, you know, even if you're not, even if you're not sure, you should tell your partner. You know what? But in the subject of kids, I don't, I don't really know if I want to have them. What do you think? And then they will also, you know, tell you what they think, what you know about these choices because that has broken up a lot of couples uh, who you know, they find out after the fact. And also it has put a lot of strain on marriages for people who have given in to let's have a child because my partner wants one. I don't really want it, but let's have it for my partner. And that puts a lot of strain in the relationship. And it even, it also even ends up in, in divorce sometimes. So yeah. Have you found it difficult to date or like be find serious relationships because of your choice to not have oh, yeah. kids? Oh Yeah. It's super hard. And this is something that childhood people will tell you. It's one of the things that we're sort of lacking in a way. And it's um, it's how to find love as a childhood person within the childhood community. Because there is there are a lot of us. There's there's literally millions of childhood people around the world. The thing is, the thing is, there's a lot of people who don't even know the term child free. 
So they don't know how to find people like them. It's like people who don't want to have children, why not? Maybe they Google something and they find a term, but it's, 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 it's not a a very, that term hasn't been, it's not as widespread as, as most people would think. Yeah. And, and, and so it is hard. And I can tell you by personal, for personal experience, I'm in a relationship now with a child-free man. Yay. I'm one of, yeah, I love him so much. I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones because uh, <laughs> after <laughs> I made the decision, I didn't want to have children. I was, like I said, I was 33. So this was five years ago. When I made the decision, I had just come out of a relationship. And then I started, of course, dating again. And because I was just so sure of my choice, I was like, this is exactly what I want for my life or don't want a child. I actually even got my tubes tied because I, I really don't want a, a kid. So I'm like, I'm not even going to, you know, I'm just going to tie my tubes. You know, that's going to be part of the birth control for me. And it's going to, you know, perfect. Um and then I started dating again. And whenever I, you know, that conversation came up, I would say 99% of the men that I dated, I'm heterosexual, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this works for the LGBTQI plus community, but in, in, in my case, specifically my experience as, as a heterosexual straight woman was told, telling men, I don't want to have a child. I don't want to be a mom ever. And 99% of them telling me, thank you so much. I really want to be a dad. So wow. that's it for me. Bye. So wow. you don't, you also really don't want to risk being in love with someone when you tell them that. <laughs> oh no! It's better at the beginning when you're still like, oh maybe yeah. yes, maybe no. I'm not sure, right? Yeah. Um, but I do tell them very early on, and 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 I have ever since I, I embraced my childhood lifestyle, I've had I've been in three sort of uh, committed relationships, including the one I'm in right now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the first guy I dated, he was more ambivalent. He was more like, if I had kids, if I have kids, that's cool. If I don't have them, that's cool. You know, like, but he knew, he knew I didn't want to have children. And I think that's the most important thing because you're not, you're not sort of like lying yourself into a relationship and you know? you're not omitting that detail about your life and then coming out with it as a big reveal. And then they're like, what, why didn't you tell me this before? So um, I think think honestly, it can what can catch up some people in terms of getting them in trouble is that just like you said, before you were 33, you had always decided you knew you wanted to have kids until you got to that point. And so I think some people think that maybe she'll change her mind, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or maybe she'll go back and forth until you had tied your tubes. There was still an opportunity to have kids even if you knew in your heart you didn't want to. And so I think some people can get caught up in the cycle of, oh, they'll change their mind. Yeah, for sure. And and it happens. You know, I, I, I've i met several childhood women who have been, you know, they got married with someone after they told them, I don't want to have children, I don't want to have children. And then, you know, the whole thing progresses, they get married and then their husband is like, okay, let's have a child. And they're like, but I told you several times, I didn't want to have children. Oh no, I thought you were changing your mind eventually. And and I mean, I'm not saying it's not a possibility. People can change their minds. But it is true that there is this um, you know, we, we actually in the community we call them bingos. The things that we get told, like you're gonna change your mind, or who's gonna take care of you when you're old, or you're never gonna know true love, or you know, all these statements and questions that we get told whenever we tell someone we don't want to have children. And it's, it's, it's fairly common. But the thing is, if, if that happens, you already have told the person before, I don't want to have children. So if you didn't believe me, that's on you. It's not on me. Right, right? right. And one of the reasons I tied my tubes, to be honest, I also, I wanted first and foremost, peace of mind, because I am pro-choice, but I didn't myself want to go through an abortion, an abortion. Like I respect people's choice. You know, if you want to have an abortion, I, I wish that you can have a safe abortion, a legal and safe abortion for everyone. But I myself didn't think I could go through that. So I was like, I don't want to even risk being pregnant. But to be honest, one of the other big reasons why I got my tube side was because of what you just mentioned. People not taking me seriously enough. They're like, oh yeah, this is just a face. It's not a face. It's not a face. I mean, that's how I feel now. And also, why is it that people, when people say, you know, becoming a parent, most of the time they're referring to biological children. Mm-hmm. There's so many other ways to parent, so many other ways. And so 
if I ever do change my mind, I can always adopt, I can always foster, I can always, you know, there's so many other ways for me to sort of put that motherly love into something else. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be a biological child, but I, I wanted people to tell, to take me seriously. <laughs> so, you know, unfortunately there is still a lot of, oh, you're going to change your mind. And uh, it's a shame. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Because it definitely can put pressure on women to have a child when they don't want to, especially if your partner is the one that's thinking you're going to change your mind. And if you're already married, that can be super messy. And so I know we can't speak to those women who maybe are in those situations, but I would love to know, like, if you feel comfortable why, like what factors kind of weighed into your decision of why you chose a child-free life and what about motherhood was unattractive to you? There's so many answers to that. Like I, there's just so <laughs> many reasons. Uh, and I, I, I discover different reasons as time goes by. It, it's very interesting. I think initially for me, it was just, I just didn't want to, you know, and it's, um, it's, it's like when people ask you, do you want to have a, a giraffe, a pet giraffe? <laughs> no, I mean, no. It was for me, it was like, do you want to have a baby? And, and when I realized it was a choice, I was like, no. I mean, why? I just, and I think most of it had to do with that freedom that we spoke about just now. Like there's something about the freedom that I have, the freedom that I feel and the flexibility of what I can do with my life. I travel a lot yeah. and that's one of my biggest passions. And I didn't, I mean, I'm not saying that being a parent means that you can't travel anymore. I'm not saying that, but it is a lot more logistics because you have to travel with your children and then you have to like, think about so many other factors and maybe you can't take a lot of time off, right? Maybe you can't travel too far away because of budget, there's just so many things that factor in afterwards. Um, I didn't want anything to limit that for me. I think I've always been very, very independent. I've always been very, since I was a very, very young child, I've been very uh, headstrong. And I, I want to do this. And I'm going to do it because I want to do this. And to me, it's like having a child, you have to put the needs of the child above your own needs. Right. Because you bring a, a person into this world, a tiny human being. Yeah. And the least that you can do is make sure that the, this tiny human being is taken care of in a proper human way. You know, you need to feed them. Yeah. You need to make sure that they get a good education. You need to make sure that they feel safe and loved. And there's just so much, so much and so many resources that go into that. I'm not only talking about money. I'm also talking about time. I'm talking about energy. I'm talking about emotional energy. I'm talking about physical energy. I'm talking about, there's just so much. Yeah. And I don't think I didn't want all of that to go to a different person. I wanted all that to myself. And yeah. people call, call us, people call us selfish. They're like, oh, you're so selfish. Okay. Why am I being selfish for not bringing a child into this world? Who does that affect? Only me. So why, who, who am I being selfish with? You know, everyone's, I think that humans come into this world and the one thing that we all need to strive for is be happy. However, that happiness looks like. And so if I'm happy traveling, I'm happy spending money on my dogs. I'm happy uh, taking, you know, just, I don't know, spending my money, whichever way I want, spending my time, whichever way I want, then. And having a child doesn't fit that. And, you know, this is, I want to circle back a little bit into, you know, this, you were talking about how you're still sort of like thinking about it. And I know there's a lot of, of women who are on the fence about being, uh, you know, being a parent or becoming a parent or not. When I talk to women like this and when I coach women, I also coach women who are on the fence. I always tell them, you need to first think how the life that you want for yourself looks for you, how that perfect, amazing life don't, don't think about children. Just think about what is it that you want to achieve? What do you want to learn? Where do you want to go? Everything that you think is going to make you absolutely happy and feel fulfilled, you know, as a person, as a human being, as a woman, as you name it. 
And then after you figure out more or less, because plans can always change, but more or less big strokes, what the life look like looks like, then think, does a child fit this life? And if the answer is yes, then ask yourself if you want to have the child. In my case, a child did not fit the life that I wanted for myself to be happy. It didn't at all. Um, and, and, you know, I think all, all reasons are valid. Um, if people are just, some people are just like, I just don't want to, and that's it. And you don't need to, you know, some people are like, but why, but why, but why? You don't need to explain yeah. to everyone why it is that you don't want to have children. Um, for me, there's another factor that was very, very important. And it's, it's, it has to do with my health, my mental health specifically. Um, I was diagnosed with major depression and anxiety disorder over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been, you know, been suffering from it for my whole life. And the one thing is sort of like shows up differently in everyone. Like the symptoms are different, I would say. In my case, I'm exhausted all the time. Like I, I feel like I cannot even with the weight of me. Like it's like I have the weight of the world on top of me when I'm, whenever I have a crisis. Yeah. And I also would think like, if I can't even take care of myself sometimes, how am I going to take care of another person? Like how so real, right? So how is that selfish? If I'm trying that not to bring so a child into this world, <laughs> I, no, that is so real because even as you know, like a single woman with no kids, it is a struggle to manage the day to day goings on of my life, and and I think about that too sometimes, and I tell my mom all the time, like kudos to you, girl, uh, because you did all the things on top of having two kids. And most days it's a struggle just to to pull my own butt across the finish line. And so I'm like looking at my friends with kids and my mom and I'm like, I don't know how, how you all did it. And, and I don't know, you know, how, how I could do it. And, and, and I kind of loved how you described how women should go about deciding whether motherhood is for them or not with the deciding how you want your life to look. Because as much of a planner as I am, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and thought about what my life will look like. Like I've thought about what the things that I want to do and the things that I want to accomplish, but I don't know if I've ever really given a ton of thought as to like, what day to day my life is going to look like and how a child fits into that. And I think it's just because you get so bogged down with the everyday that you just don't even think about those things. Cause in the everyday scheme of things, like I said, I'm like, I I don't even know, like walking the dog some days feels like a struggle. Like, you know, bro, can we get you a puppy pad or something? Like, (laughs) you know, cause it's just like, you're, you're tired, you're doing all the things. And so I, I really love how you kind of painted that picture because I think it's an exercise that probably, we all need to do. And so this has been such a great conversation. And so as we kind of wrap up, I know you kind of gave a little, but what advice do you have for women who are on the fence about having children? Well, other than what I mentioned of, you know, trying to to see or feel that life that you really want for yourself and then think if a child fits into it or not, I think that whatever decision you make, make it for yourself. Don't make it for anybody else. Don't make it for your mother or your father because they really want to have grandchildren. Don't make it for your sister because she really wants to be an auntie. Don't make it like, don't (laughs) make it for your boyfriend, your husband. Don't do it for yourself because that is a very personal decision. Nobody should ever, ever question you why you made whatever decision you made, having children or not having children. But because it's such a personal thing and it's because it will impact your life so much, don't rely on anybody else's opinion. You know, just feel it and then make the decision for yourself. I love that advice. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I hope that all the women out there are really reevaluating their choices and considering living the rich auntie vibes life. So, because I know 
listen, Poppy, that's my play play baby's name. You know, like Poppy will always have a special place in my heart, but I'm definitely in no rush. Like if I can delay motherhood another 10 years, I am good with that. (laughs) (laughs) So before I let you go, we always end with our sugar-free quick fire questions, our quickies. So I'm going to ask you a series of either or questions and you can only pick one. Okay. Okay. All right. So for date night, you doing a nice dinner or Netflix and chill? Netflix and chill. Dang, everybody always Netflixes and chills. Netflix and chill is the best. (laughs) So wait, pre-pandemic, still the same answer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I feel you, girl. So (laughs) a day out, like your everyday wear, jeans or leggings? Oh, jeans. I cannot live without them. I have like. 25 pairs of jeans. I love them. <laughs> I love that. I feel like in the age of Corona Lachey, everybody's living in leggings these days. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, a couple more. If you were to get married, are you marrying for love or for money? Oh, for love, for sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, money comes and goes. Ugh. Love is different. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> but I feel like a rich <laughs> husband could really make that rich auntie life pop. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I fall in love with a rich man, don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I would just be asking you if he has a friend, a cousin, brother, uncle. <laughs> yeah, girl. All right. So when you have a free moment alone, would you rather read a book or watch a movie? I'm going to watch a movie. Okay. I used to be a huge reader and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> no. Really? And yeah. you stopped reading in the pandemic? I didn't really stop, but I did start watching a lot more TV. That makes sense. Mm. That makes sense. Okay. Final question. Um, your favorite household companion, cat or dog? A dog. Hundred percent. I used to have like I love cats too. I had cats, but dogs are just the best. Same, same. Mister Bentley is my best friend. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so, one final question: If we want to work with you, we want to connect with you. We need some more information about Uprising Spark or how to live a child-free life. Where do we find you? How do we get in touch with you? It's very easy. Just look for me uh, on social media. I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is at The Uprising Spark. And you can also visit my website, theuprisingspark.com. And you can DM me. You can send me an email. My email is hello at theuprisingspark.com. I love receiving emails and comments. And so just, you know, get in touch with me and I would be so happy to hear from you. Yes. And so just so everybody out there knows, um, I have stalked Isabel's Instagram page (laughs) and the Uprising Spark is an amazing organization and company that she has built that is all about empowering, encouraging and supporting women who have chosen to live a child-free life or want to live a child-free life. And I've seen that they've hosted events for other child-free people and really developed and built a strong community. So be sure to check it out. If you're on the fence or if you're not on the fence, if you just want to find out more information about living a child-free life, go check out the Instagram and then drop a line, you know, connect with her. So thank you so much again for joining us. This was such a great conversation. I'm ready to get my rich auntie on. And, you know, even if you're still on the fence, I think the most important thing that I want everybody to take away from this conversation is that you have the choice to live a life of your choosing, whether that be with children, without children, with a husband, without a husband. This thing called life is all about making it what we want it to be. We're writing our own rules, friends. So thank you guys for tuning in and thank you, Isabel, for joining us today. Make sure that you tune in next week for, of course, plenty of more laughs, plenty of love, and plenty of the most exquisite tea. That's 100% sugar-free. Woo, chow. Mm-hmm. 
What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugarfree Podcast or at Sugarfree Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea. That's 100% sugar-free. Meet small business owner Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing, and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive, yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your formally form or template today.